my mic was on this whole time. <laughs> my mic's on. Time. Christina's mic is, is on, on, and you know what that means. It that means, means time. It's time for a place within. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Christina. This is a place within. If you don't already know, this week we're going to get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires, where we trust we'll find the gospel and our need for it. We do that every week. We try to do that yeah, every do. day, but we let you guys yes, hear do. it once a week. So um, we're glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, Christina. I'm glad you're here, Ashlyn. <laughs> here in Denver, where I am not. I'm glad you're here in Los Angeles, wish I, where I wish I was. Hey, I got a ticket to Denver. I bought it. Wow. For retreat. I'm going on a retreat there. I didn't just like tell Ashlyn that <laughs> I'm coming to Denver what? without telling her. <laughs> I'm shocked. Even if you don't want me to come over, I'll be there. Well, I just have this new cute room waiting for oh, you. So I'm looking at the Jesus with the lantern. <laughs> so I have this picture on my wall behind where I record behind my bed that has this picture of Jesus, the bridegroom with this dope lantern. <laughs> and um, it used to be in the Boston University Catholic Center and... They're really on top of their game. They have all kinds of rotating art. And I said, can I just have this Rotating one? art? Yeah, it's like, you know, they have a couple extra pieces in the closet that when you're sick of one or you find it, you just kind of sit it out somewhere wow, for the students hospitable. to enjoy. It's honestly, it's a beautiful building. <laughs> how hospitable. For more on that, listen to last week's episode. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Father Barnes and Fran. They um, gave well, me this. And it says the light of the world, but in my heart, the caption is, behold the bridegroom, lo, he comes. When I asked a friend who is a Boston U alumnus and an art historian what style of art it was, he said, I don't know, like early 90s precious moments. (laughs) So he's not a fan, (laughs) but I am. It's got sentimental value. I mean, the face that he makes, the face in that picture is really funny. Oh, is there like something people could look up to see like what, what that is? Honestly, no, but I'll just post it every once in a while on our Instagram story at APW Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love the attractive Jesus picture where he's like, it depends on your mood, like how you receive his eyes. Like sometimes it's like he's looking 80s at you. good looking Kurt Russell with a beard, Jesus. Yes. Um, and he like, but sometimes he's looking at you like, he's like, wow, I'm so delighted in you. But sometimes he's looking at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of depends so like, on what the situation is. He always kind of looks I have amazed. One, yeah. I have one above my bed and one in my classroom. And it's just great when I'm like walking through getting really like pissed off at school. <laughs> and I see this picture of Jesus going, uh, huh. Okay. <laughs> that is wow. that is the face um good yeah 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 <laughs> love you yeah anyways i love you anyways <laughs> so good well it's another week in the life i kind of feel like i want all the delightful banter in the world but tbh i'm just kind of like a boring person right now <laughs> mm, so you better week. be the interesting one yeah go well it, this past week like broke me apart dude and it like wasn't wow <laughs> okay Great. it wasn't even like a, it wasn't like events it was like interior events uh-huh so i guess it was events but like i mean just to like get real with y'all <laughs> god like 
reopened some womb wombs. Okay. <laughs> <Reopened> my womb. <laughs> of your mother, and then you climb back in, Nicodemus. John chapter three. Well, that's Please, what. Never that's mind. How, what, what it means take, to be born again. Take me back. <laughs> no. Um. Oh, reopened some wounds and kind of like reminded me of like the calls that he's given me and it was like a very much like a call you out kind of week for me i was reading the return Mm. of the prodigal son by henry nowen and reading like his analysis of the elder son and the prodigal son and by the way it was the prodigal son gospel last sunday that's true that is a true fact it just like god just like kept priming me and like opening me and then things would happen at school that would like make me think of something else and then like um yeah so anyhow it got me to this point where I like put down this book and put down my Bible and just like sat there and started praying like, God, I renounce the hopelessness. Mm. I renounce the lack of faith. I renounce the resentment, um, the belief that you are holding out on me. Like, mm. and I'm, and I'd like desire to develop the discipline of gratitude and trust in all things. Cause like, this pattern has been going on for so long that it is time to renounce it. Not just to say like, oh God, this stinks, like, please make it stop. But mm-hmm. to renounce it and take action against it, i.e. like what Henry Nowen says, that the conversion of the elder son, the prodigal son happens through gratitude and trust. And wow. like that those are disciplines, not just like things that my heart wants to do. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh man, I just feel like giving thanks. Like, I might not feel that way, but mm-hmm. it's a discipline. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, That's an incredible book that intervened in my life in such an interesting and profound way and kind of limited. I have not read the whole thing. Christina, I just told you this before we started recording, but Mm -hmm. um, when I was in in Haiti on a mission trip, I was a fourth-year missionary, and one of my mission leaders was a first-year missionary who was a better missionary than me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I hated it like I didn't want to Mm -hmm. admit that at all Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to compare but I was you know like a first-time trip director trying to keep other people's children alive in Mm -hmm. Haiti and I knew they were going to be taken care of but as far as like getting to the place that we were going to be taken care of I didn't even know what I didn't know you know uh that Mm -hmm. sounds scary that was more my interior feelings about it I actually did know what I was doing so just if anyone (laughs) if anyone just heard that and thought that means that that like (laughs) mission trips aren't credible that's not true you know if you've ever been in charge of something big you realize that you have you're crazy if you don't take it seriously or wonder can I do this um anyway disclaimer aside um that our chaplain had told me like you know I really think that she looks up to you and I was like well why should she but I could not admit that to myself. You know, basically I'm looking at this joy and the exuberance and the light and just the zeal of this other person. Um, and not really even in a spirit of comparison, just like knowing that I did not have that the way that she did. And rather than being curious about how she got that or desires of it myself, I just was looking for ways to like puff myself up. Um, and to kind of pull her down. Um, and I did not like that because I really wanted to have a good relationship with this person um, who is like a person that I love so much. But it was a process and I went to confession and um, confessed all of this 
And my penance was to pray with Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal Son, which is wow. like a hu- huge theme that Henry Nowen expands upon as he mm-hmm. meditates upon this scripture passage, this parable from our Lord. Mm-hmm. And I had to go up to her and ask her to borrow her copy of the book. She's wow. the one that had it. And so then I sat and I looked at the picture and it was hot and I was just not feeling like an art historian that day. And so I cracked open the section about the older son, which if you just have not read this book, you should. But mm-hmm. um, what pierced my heart profoundly about that was that the older son in the parable of the prodigal son um, doesn't come in to the banquet yeah. by his own choice. He feels rejected by the father's mm-hmm. love for his brother. Mm-hmm. So the father doesn't reject him in any way, but he rejects himself and doesn't go into the party mm-hmm. because of this perceived yep. rejection because the father loved someone yes. else. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's, it's tough. And I think mm-hmm. something that I read this week, um, which I, I mentioned at the end of our last episode, um, a short story by Flannery O'Connor called Revelation. I read it too. And then I actually went and read it. And this character, um, the main character of the short story, like is just constantly tearing other people down because of her own Mm -hmm. insecurities. And the way it's written Mm -hmm. is like very brilliant. Um, Just the the nuance of Flannery O'Connor's writing is that Mm -hmm. it never says, you know, like, and Mrs. Turpin, the character... Is, was insecure, but she says these dreadfully insecure things. She's fat. And, you know, she, mm-hmm. you kind of are in on her thoughts. And she's like, well, even if I was skinny, you know, like, even though I'm not skinny, God still loves me. And that's mm-hmm. true, but like, it's so present. Like, her insecurities, even in the ways that she's trying to like put them off of her, are so mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just very, uncomfortably saw myself in mrs turpin and it's Mm -hmm. rough (laughs) this Mm -hmm. cycle of being very insecure and trying to make it everyone else's problem um is something that i don't like about myself Mm -hmm. but i still revert to try as i might yeah me too yeah i think it's a pretty go ahead what no you you talk no i just a human thing what um believing like this lie that if we make other people smaller or try to pick them apart we somehow become more loved yeah yeah i think that's i was not expecting to (laughs) we're here but here we are that's because i didn't understand the story when i read it so i didn't know we were going to talk about this (laughs) um but that's good i mean because here's the thing okay um like i said a while ago I've been like kind of coming back to an old community and getting involved in a new community and noticing like my insecurity in that going home after every gathering, everything that we do with either the old community or the new community and picking apart my um, conversations, my actions, people's reactions to me. You know, why did they want to talk to so-and-so and not me? Like literally like the most insecure thoughts coming into my head how come so and so didn't spend their time talking to me like and and it's not um comfortable to admit that but that is where my thoughts are going um I think especially when you look at communities of like people you admire at least for me it becomes Mm -hmm. more obvious 
when it's peop- a group of people I don't admire, it's the Mrs. Turpin, the, the character in the story, mm-hmm. where you like don't even notice your insecurity. Um, right. Because you feel it's justified to sit there and put yourself above people. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's the same, exactly the same idea of like the elder son mm-hmm. where I have to, I, I have to know that like quote unquote God delights in me mm-hmm. through these like very concrete pieces of evidence that I've decided what they are and I have to see them. And it's like, even if though I got those, I would be looking for something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's not about that. Like God does delight in me. So it's not a question of, yeah, it's not a question of God delighting me in me or not. Or how do I know God delights in me? It's like, do I have a heart that's going to acknowledge that? Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, even when I am at my best or when I like have everything that I've asked from asked God for my mind then goes to this place yeah well I mean like if I didn't have these things I'd have to still be thanking God so why should I even bother with it now isn't that crazy I'm not sure I feel really badly because that's a very like deep thing that you just shared but I don't know if I understood what you said the last part Mm mm-hmm so, like, okay, let's say that I've been praying for, you know, I don't know what's something that we pray for. Uh, let's say I apply for some opportunity and I get the opportunity, okay? I'm going, praise be to God, right? Mm-hmm. If I apply for the opportunity and I don't get the opportunity, I'm supposed to go, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so this is what I just realized when I started to say, okay, I'm going to form this discipline of gratitude. What I noticed was I'm saying to myself well why why even bother saying thank you because if you didn't get it you would be saying thank you anyways right so like they're canceling each other out just don't even buy and that's like I think that's where I've been for like 10 years um (laughs) and it's part of why this problem has never kind of grown into something else (laughs) but anyways um I just went on a long little journey I'm not really sure where I landed so I'm looking forward to you I think that's yeah carrying me along with you moving in it's so funny. Um, in my own story, I think the first moment where I really came to terms with this strange, like, double think that I just exist in, which is that I am absolutely the worst person that exists, but also better than everyone else. Mm. Um, I existed in this space pretty constantly as a vocal performance major in college, um, mm. where I was in my mind both the best singer at Colorado State University and the absolute worst. Um, And it was so heartbreaking. (laughs) And I was scrolling Facebook one day and another vocal performance major in my year posted, shared like one of these some e-cards. So if you're younger and you don't know what those are, they were basically these like kind of pastel colored graphics that had some sort of vintage black and white drawing and some sort of sarcastic comment. Just okay. Google some e-cards if you've never heard of this. Wow, Christina is one of these people. Hold on. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, okay. keep talking. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, she's totally in on my old people reference. No, she's not. Okay. Oh, so, I, know what you're, I just never gave it a name. Oh, they're called some e-cards. They're the ones and with the, yeah, the, the black and white, like, 1950s picture with, like, a yeah. mean thing. Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay, great. Whew. That was whew, a sobering moment. Um, 
And this one basically said exactly that. It's like, I don't know how it works, but I'm both the best person and the worst person that I know. Um, Mm. I'm somehow worse than everyone and also better than everyone else. And I was so taken aback. And I laughed because it was true, you know, and it was... Right. I was glad that this other singer who was awesome, you know, who was always like getting great roles in the opera and um, making it to the finals of the scholarship competition felt that same way. Um, and journeying with that, just knowing how true it was of my experience and realizing how that was pride. Um, and then being, you know, in Haiti five or six years later with the same problem um, to two years after that, you know, laying on my floor over the weekend in Lakewood, Colorado, reading Revelation by Flannery O'Connor and realizing that it's still hard. And it's not Mm -hmm. because I'm not trying. Mm -hmm. It's not because I don't know what it is. It's not because I'm closed off. Um, It's that it's these kinds of moments where I realize what has always been true. It was true, you know, like in my lowest lows and my best, most virtuous and most pure-hearted accomplishments, that Mm -hmm. the truth of our human state is that we cannot do it. (laughs) It is only Mm -hmm. by God's grace that we can become like Him. Mm -hmm. We were made to become like Him. He desires for us to become like Him, and we cannot do it by ourselves. Yes, It is only through His grace that this can happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like a perception that we'll give ourselves that like, okay, yeah, I can't do it without God, um, which is true, but I can't, okay, two things. I can do it without God, but I'll do it better with God. So that's like one place that like mm. the person striving for virtue will go. Mm-hmm. And then another one, it's vi- like kind of a, almost identical to what the truth is, but like with a distinction of like, I can do it with God, which is like not a false sentence, but I think that typically when I take on that attitude, um, I'm saying to myself, I can muscle my way through and I will include God in my muscling. Mm-hmm. So God maybe that's like not the right the Red Bull. God is the Red Bull yeah. for my, or like the pre-workout. For my cram for my Yeah. For my Because it's like, I mean, because it is gym. like the, the step up from I can do it better with God. The step up from there is like... Step up closer to truth or step up closer? Yeah, like, yeah. The step up closer okay. to... So, so Not like the step, step up, up, like I'm step building closer. a tower of Babel. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the step closer to the truth would be um, the, the Red Bull thing. Like God is my Red Bull for this cram session. Like I actually can't do it without it. Um, but it's like... what's So there, there's something very wrong with that idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is, this is good. Um... We're trying to like pick apart this analogy that might maybe we'll just throw it away, but but let's just see if there's if it's there. This reality that we can only become sanctified through grace, um, and so then it's like, but so then why do I try? And I think that this is a really important question, and maybe a little bit of like what you were hinting at with gratitude, just on a larger scale of any virtue, of any good habit, of any practice. It's like, well, I cannot do it by myself, and that's true. Um, but then, so why do I try? Mm -hmm. um and the yeah the wisdom of the church says that grace this outpouring of god's love that makes us more conformed into his image Mm -hmm. 
builds upon nature. Mm -hmm. And so we desire to become virtuous, not so we can become like Jesus through our own efforts, because we can't. Mm -hmm. We desire to become virtuous so we can be emptier vessels Mm -hmm. for his divine life to come in. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. There's even like a weird trick within there. And it's not, it's not God's trick. It's, it's actually his mercy that he gives us opportunities to realize that we need him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and when we were talking about Flannery O'Connor, this was like the whole point of her writing. She wrote these like really dark mm-hmm. kind of like grotesque stories to demonstrate mm-hmm. this. <laughs> like we as Catholics don't believe in this utter depravity. We believe that mm-hmm. we were like made good, but that that goodness is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she shows the absolute ugliness of our broken state in mm-hmm. such a just like care. It seems like this cartoon caricature and it kind of is. And it kind of is actually just spot on. She simultaneously mm-hmm. like blows the thing out of proportion while hitting the nail on the head. Yes. Yes. Of well, but because how, it's so honest. Yep. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't want to be all over the place, but here I am. Um, in this story revelation that we've been talking about, uh, we mentioned that there's this character, this insecure, fat woman who just picks apart and judges everyone else. Um, but the the activity of this story is very odd. Um, Mrs. Turpin is in a doctor's waiting room, um, making these mental assessments of everyone and everything, um, and patting herself on the back for all the things that she does right. And noticing really and judging really big things about people's character like their entire background and their entire existence down to the tiny things like what shoes they're wearing mm-hmm. um and then in a very bizarre turn of events a girl in the waiting room just up and throws a book at her and hits her in the eye and the girl gets sedated and it is so so strange because this girl is like not that pleasant of a character but Mm -hmm. she's this symbol for grace and the girl's name is mary Mm. grace um where in a very like bizarre and uncomfortable way by in a really like hateful act of throwing a book Mm -hmm. injuring this woman and then looking her in the eye and saying go back to hell where you came you ugly warthog Mm -hmm. (laughs) um god uses that broken ugly thing to encounter Mrs. Turpin, who tries to brush off this weird experience. And the language that's used mm-hmm. is really awesome. So uh, I do encourage anyone to read it. it. It's hard. So maybe, I guess, if you've never read Flannery O'Connor before, like, read something nice about her first. Um, Not nice by her or nice about, about her? About <laughs> you know? Um, but Well, I think that your exegesis here is going to help people who want to read that story. You know, it's just, I mean, she's a Southern author from the 50s, and she uses language that we are not accustomed to. That's what I'll say about that. Um, And so as she, the main character, goes back, is trying to get on with her life, still is falling into, like, this repetitive sin of judging other people and not even realizing how sinful she is in it. Um, She cannot escape. She is, like, spooked by this weird intimacy that she experienced in the way that this girl looked at her when she really like insulted her and mrs Mm -hmm. turpin is wounded by these words Mm 
that have like caught her to the heart that were unkind, but in some way revealed something. And they were like, they were like meant for her. Yep. Like, yeah, go on. And the line that just like knocked me dead is Mrs. Turpin thinking, how am I a hog and me both? How am I saved and from hell too? Mm. Um, how am I a hog and me both? Um, and in just such a strange way, I think that she's saying the exact same thing that I read on some e-card when I was a, co- a college student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How am I a hog and me both? I know that this is so, so true about my experience, no matter how many times people try to explain it away. No matter how many girlfriends say, no, 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 you're so good, you're so good. I know that I'm a hog and me both. But I, I think what... um what we often do with that, with the e-card and what Mrs. Turpin is doing here and what we'll always do when we have that thought of like negativity and pride at the same time is we'll brush off the negative part and keep the pride part. So Mm. Mrs. Turpin is saying to herself, how am I a hog in me both? Therefore, I'm not a hog. Um, How am I the best in the world and the worst? I'm not the worst, so I'm the best in the world. Um, Sometimes it's more conscious than other times. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that it's, you know, something like I'm the best in the world, like it's so exaggerated that we usually won't take on the positive um, side of it when it's that exaggerated. But if it's like in my own life, I'm a decent teacher or I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep the I'm a decent, throw away I'm the worst. And part of that is humility. Part of that is truth. Um, but like in, yeah, the, the personhood part of it, like, like we're talking about here, being an actual, like, being a hog and me. Being um, broken, and I don't want to say broken beyond repair, but being... Um, broken and unable to repair yourself? I suppose that's a good way of putting it. Um, being, like, totally nothing and being, well, okay. Yeah, being totally nothing and being infinitely significant. This is where the truth of the human person lies. Mm-hmm. And it's married together, exactly like you're saying, by grace. Um, is that true? Like, do you, does that make sense? Yeah. But if we look at our, like, origin as created things, even our existence, even our goodness is a gift. And so when we become yes. possessive of that gift and say, okay, this is, this is my ticket in. This thing that I didn't even get mm-hmm. for myself. I have to hone and make better than everyone else's ticket in order Mm. to earn my way Mm -mm. into where I want to go, which is impossible. Um, And so the, the outlook is broken from the start and it's so easy to say and so hard to do. But um, that, yeah, after, after molding this over and asking this question and like being on the cusp of not knowing what to do, not, I mean, that exact moment of choice that you were describing, Christina, of like, do I just, think that I'm a hog or do I just like brush that aside and keep the pride um Mm -hmm. and this wrestle like as much as she tries to shake it off is like taking root in Mrs. Turpin yes and then she's kind of granted this vision of the divine um where she sees heaven and she sees all these like freaks and all of these weird people all these people that she looks down upon um enjoying the beatific vision and she sees all of the people that she respects the only people that she views to be doing even like heaven correctly are in purgatory and even their virtues are being burnt away Mm -hmm. um 
is also so profound to the reader. I mean, even in her inner vision of heaven, like Mrs. Turpin can't see it correctly. But because of this encounter and because of this experience and because of this gift of like this weird vision that she's experiencing, her vision, while still broken, is being ordered. And practically, mm-hmm. for for a real life, <laughs> what the story is trying to get the reader to move towards is that virtue helps our vision to be reoriented rather than mm-hmm. it just being a involuntary response to shirk off this opportunity of of encounter this Mm -hmm. collide with the need for grace to be Mm -hmm. dismissed out just without a second thought a person who's pursuing virtue in other areas of their life can be gripped and haunted so you know what actually that's kind of encouraging to me (laughs) as i was so confused this weekend of how am I a hog and me both um Mm -hmm. the fact that that was even able to impact me is God using all of these efforts that I make for him Mm -hmm. they're not ever going to be enough to get me to heaven Mm -hmm. but they do dispose my interior that my place within to recognize how much I need him yes even though I forget yes um I have my students pick a different like uh, one person is assigned to pick a different scripture passage every week. And the one that was chosen for this week was this um, 1 Corinthians fifteen ten. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And I thought it was like kind of crazy that he picked this because it's a very complicated verse. Um, and kids in school have a particularly difficult understand time understanding this idea of grace because mm-hmm. um, it's like one of the most <laughs> I have a hard time understanding it too. like unnatural and therefore abstract ideas and it, mm-hmm. like, I don't well it's a whole nother podcast topic well and we kind of live in a culture that grace. conditions it out of us yeah oh yeah well right and I mean even like in my teacher training it's like don't you dare tell them that they can't do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is like, so it was difficult to like parse through this with the kids because this part in the middle, no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Some kids just straight up ignored half the sentence and they were like, I know what it means. It means that if you work really hard, you'll get a lot of grace. And I was like, mm-hmm. does not mean that, but thank right. you for participating. Right. Um, and like, usually I'll be like, mm, close or something. I was like, nope, actually it means the opposite of that. Um, you know what I mean um and I love this verse it kind of like takes us through I think I don't know to me it's a little bit of a entry into this like idea of grace because it does kind of meet us at this desire to acknowledge how hard we work you know by the grace of God I am what I am it gives you the opportunity to like thank God for your conversion you know St. Paul Mm -hmm. should thank God for his conversion like my goodness if he's sitting there saying like i am evil i'm evil i'm evil don't listen to me i'm dumb like he's not helping the world so he needs to acknowledge that um that god has affected him which right, is what he yeah. says in the next sentence yeah. and his grace to me was not without effect so like mm. he starts i am what i am but it's only because i received god's grace mm-hmm. we ended up talking in class about how you can reject god's grace you can let it have effect or let it not have effect mm. um you can have that feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that and ignore it or have that feeling of I shouldn't have done that and let it change you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, no, I worked harder than all of them. So again, this sort of acknowledgement of like, I did a lot, you know, like, <laughs> not afraid of that. I love it. But, but I mean, but that's where we, again, we went back into his story, which we like beat to death last year. Um, so I was like, you know, he worked harder than all of them. Like, where did he start? You know? And they're like, he was killing Christians. And I'm like, yeah, so he better have worked hard, but mm-hmm. how? Because of the previous sentence, because he received the grace. And so then the sentence then that follows or the half of the sentence that follows yet not I. So it wasn't me, but it was God's grace that was with me that allowed all of this crazy work to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we do have to um, let go of the childish inability to conceptualize this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we need for me there was kind of like going back to the development idea there's definitely a time in my life where this was like, I was unable to hold these two ideas in my head at the same mm-hmm. time. And I need to acknowledge that that time is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like these two ideas have to, um, or actually, okay, yes, sure. Start that they exist at the same time. More importantly, I need to be able to have the actual relationship with God, the actual belief and trust in my belovedness and my chosenness that I can, like St. Therese, um, whose feast day is in like a week, Hmm. Um, (laughs) but I need to be able to like St. Therese actually acknowledge my nothingness Mm -hmm. and totally rejoice in it and totally rejoice in my belovedness like Mm -hmm. praise be to God that we have St. Therese because she makes it so clear that like because yeah we've we've gotten this part in our culture this time in America and in western Mm -hmm. culture is very self-affirming and mm-hmm. there's something nice about that. There's something good about that, for sure. There's something, I think, good about most times and most cultures. Mm-hmm. Something bad about them. So there's a nice thing there. There's something very wrong, too. Um, but we need to be able to have that entry point where we can say, okay, but, you know, Girl Scouts taught me that I am good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, like, CCD taught me that I am good. Because, because mm-hmm. God wants me to know that, I, that he has chosen me. Mm-hmm. But... As we like mature into adults and as like, um, oh man, going back to prodigal son, maturing into the father. So Henry Nouwen makes this point of like all of us, whether we are like, more like the younger son or the elder son, we're called to move into the role of the father as we mm. accept grace to become like God. Um, as we become like the father, what was I saying? I completely lost my train of thought. As we... Are you saying that, like, as we become like the father, um, this maturity and this ability to recognize that there it is. we maturity. are loved and we are helpless are not contradict Like, it, this isn't a contradiction. Um, mm-hmm. It's a reality. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting. It's so interesting that this is hard for children to understand because I think that for many, many centuries even, and in, in the mm-hmm. time of our Lord, that ability to hold those truths together as like not contradictory and true was an attribute of childhood that um that's hard to find right now i think it's it's something that isn't proper to childhood to have Mm -hmm. a difficulty with actually i think that that Mm -hmm. is is a brokenness um that Mm -hmm. with a childlike faith that of saint therese Mm -hmm. you could you could actually have the experience of being disciplined and know that you're still loved Mm-hmm. And that's something for a couple of generations um, has been deteriorated. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to, like, that God doesn't have a plan. Um, well, I think it's not just discipline, but also, um, like, 
be taught and be told like, no, you actually don't know anything mm-hmm. about what you're talking about. You need to be quiet and you need to listen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's something yeah. that children <laughs> understood. And like right now, I don't like I, it. The only way I can like have that sort of acknowledgement from a kid is like by questioning, which is a great way to do things. But mm-hmm. like, do you know more about this than I do? No, you don't. And then they're like, oh, I'm a wounded puppy. You know Who I mean? could have ever Anyways, known? Who Sorry. could have ever known? You know, like Thomas Jefferson had no idea, I'm sure, that, you know, like bacon before him um, had no idea that individualism would centuries later, like, rob childhood from being what it is, you know? Mm. Like, mm. Um, but that if the goodness of humanity comes from the the ability and the individual genius of that, just that, an individual, um, then mm. our our brokenness and our sinfulness and our pride and our lack of virtue, despite our best efforts, that we still can't do it, somehow then reflects upon our goodness or tarnishes our goodness. And that's how we know that that's not how God sees it. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice idea. It does not pan out. It doesn't actually work in human anthropology. Um but I think an example that's still really like out of touch, but maybe a little bit easier to understand that has helped me understand grace is like the role of a farmer. I think farmers have like this upper hand on understanding how grace works because they can work really hard and mm. do everything right mm. and be a really good farmer mm. and still have a frost come, a late frost come in April and kill all of their crops for the whole year. Um, and that, the fruitfulness of their field like would never come about if they didn't get out there in the fall and plow and then sow um nope sowing is in the spring okay see this is how much of a farmer i'm not if they never you know like if my grandfather and his farm didn't spend all winter pruning trees mm-hmm. he would know that it wouldn't be a good crop in the summer but he and his brother and his nephew could go and do it all right all winter prune every tree correctly mm-hmm. Um, fertilize everything right and it still could not work out mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that they're bad farmers this is how it works he gives and takes away mm-hmm. yeah it sort of like forces you to acknowledge like yeah as a farmer you don't deserve the crops mm-hmm. necessarily like they're separate entities mm-hmm. you're supposed to be a steward but like I don't I don't really think that it's inherent to humans that we deserve weather that's going to help us get food like <laughs> anyways mm-hmm. um but i think that there's this sense of like if i work for it then i'll deserve it and like like i said that's something that like looking at this scripture passage all about grace it was like um yeah if i work really hard god will give me good things it was like nope <laughs> let me tell you right now like nope <laughs> um gosh it's crazy right now like because that's what i'm grappling with like and mm-hmm. i i realized in reflection until probably age like 20 or 21 the rule in my life was that I would get what I deserved mm-hmm. um and I usually tried to make pre- pretty good choices and then I would get great stuff or I would get more than that I didn't really I don't know that I really deserved this dance scholarship that I went to college with um but like I got it and it mm-hmm. was an amazing gift and I was so happy that I got it and mm-hmm. it wasn't till um a little bit later that it started to be like okay so I have all these things on my resume I have these personality traits I have these experiences um, I have these passions that fits this job description that fits this organization or this um, field of study 
I'm going to apply for them. I'm going to get the things because who could be a better candidate than me? And just like rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. Um, and it like shook me to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, robbed, not robbed me, but it showed me exposed. Exactly. Like being hit in the head mm-hmm. with a book. Yeah. Exposed that I didn't have any hope. It didn't mm-hmm. rob me of my hope, but exposed that I never had any to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, same thing with like yeah. not having a boyfriend anymore. Or having somebody not be interested in me anymore showed me that I had no hope to begin with. Hmm. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, go on. At the crux of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's that our salvation has been won and then freely given. Yes. Um, and if we don't understand, if our worldview cannot conceptualize this need, you, you never want to receive a gift that you don't perceive that you need we it's a happened to all of us you yes. know like thanks mom for another pair of socks you're not grateful for a gift that you don't think that you need mm-hmm. and so god in his mercy will let a book hitting you in the middle of the head whatever that means for you um knows in your life freak injustices not that he wills those things but he allows them so you can understand that salvation and life with him forever isn't a reward it's a gift Yes. Yes. Like it's just becoming clearer and clearer. And these are things that I've been hearing, um, but they like stay in my head as like a apologetics, like conceptual Mm. idea. Um, It's not sola fide. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Right. (laughs) But like, just like the lies that we have to renounce in modernism. Um, And it's crazy that they have so much power over us, like Mm -hmm. this idea of individualism and like um, enlightenment thinking, like applying the scientific method to everything. Like God has to prove himself in order for him to be real. Because at the root of me not having hope is me not having faith. That like everything Mm -hmm. could be a reason for me to finally say, okay, God's not there. Um, I mean, and that's at least when I started that sort of journey a couple years ago of acknowledging all these different um, heartbreaks and like how they were affecting me. It was like, oh, like, because the, the, the fact is, if salvation has been won, and I believe that, then, like, what hope is there to to rob? Like, if mm-hmm. I truly believe it, and the fact is that I didn't, and mm-hmm. I'm on the journey now to actually believing it. Um, honestly. So, anyhow, but you have to, like, truly renounce these things that take root so heavily that, like, God will prove himself. I will get what I deserve. If I work hard enough for it, I can design my own life. Jerry Seinfeld loves this. Whenever he gets, have you ever seen this, this random? Whenever he, the TV show comedians and cars getting coffee, where oh, Jerry Seinfeld yeah. takes comedians out in uh, in a vintage car that he likes, oh, after he thinks, describing yeah. the car in utter <laughs> unnecessary detail that no uh, one is interested in, and he takes them in car and. I can't tell you how many episodes, as I've watched a lot of them, <laughs> um, how many episodes a comedian goes, how lucky are we that this is our job? And he goes, I'm not lucky. I worked for this. And I'm like, Jerry, shut up. There's an episode shut where up, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld and Stephen Colbert. I love it. And I love that episode. Yeah. So Stephen is like, try- so he keeps like trying to like go deep. With Jerry. Ah, and, Jerry and Jerry's like, nah, that's weird. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Don't ask oh, me Jerry. deep questions. Anyway. Jerry, um, yeah. It's, Sorry. It's... Anyhow. So all of these beliefs that you can, that God will prove himself. You'll get what you deserve. Um, I am good enough on my own. Everybody who tells me I'm not is crazy and wrong. Like everything that is in my passions and in my desires is good. Like why, how, why are those things so powerful? 
how? Because they're so fragile. Mm-hmm. Like any of those things can be stripped away from you and they probably have been already and you're just pretending like they haven't or they haven't happened to you yet and you know somebody else who had happened to you and you went, oh, how sad for you. Like I honestly am just floored when I think of how much power those things have over me. Mm. But um, like, and it's like a hard wiring thing. And when mm-hmm. I look at the story of the gospel and I look at like the reality that's presented by Christianity, it fits reality so much better. I don't mm-hmm. have control. I am not good on my own. But and the people around me are not good on their right. own. Right. <laughs> and these attempts that we make, these like actual offerings that we make of ourselves to grow in virtue these ways that we allow ourselves to die to ourselves um give our life the opportunity to be resurrected um in Mm -hmm. in these yeah in these like death to self in like grappling grappling with the contradiction but also the grace and humility to step back from the contradiction and try to like just not trying to muscle through it anymore um, the consent to be little, um, these rejections can be hard, but they also can be simple. Just take a step back and rather than try to like climb that mountain, just be mm-hmm. content to sit at the feet of the father right where we are, um, yes. is where he can and will meet us. Um, he'll meet us in all of it. He'll, mm-hmm. yeah, he's persistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like little by little. I mean, not little by little, but because it's so early right now in this journey of like letting that repentance into my life. And I noticed that my pattern is that after like, you know, however many times of me trying the strategy (laughs) um, and like finding myself in the same like emotional place, I'll be like, see, it wasn't working. So I'm like praying for the grace to like Mm. not do that this time. Anyways, um, but today... I was sitting, um, I was having my kiddos um, in, in like an introduction to contemplation, um, listen to this meditation on um, the Sacred Heart by the CFRs and the song called mm-hmm. Rising. It's like a 22 minute beautiful thing. You should check it out. Anyhow, so um, I have them listen to it and draw a picture of the Sacred Heart. This is beautiful. Okay. Um, I try to kind of pray to some extent while I'm supervising these things and um I'm listening to the words and I'm thinking to myself about like what God has kind of said to me this week and how I'm feeling in the moment and I'm kind of like and also thinking about that my mother asked me a few days ago or no maybe a couple months ago a couple weeks ago sorry (laughs) (laughs) um like are you happy and I kind of hesitated um and I was sitting there in my room and I'm like why am I still hesitating to am I happy and I'm thinking like what like what is the expectation that I have that would make me say yes I'm so happy and the expectation is like I will experience pleasure at work you know what I mean like mm-hmm. um I my my relationships will be mostly comfortable I'll be able to like design my life experiences so that they will generally benefit me and it just became so clear that that's such a lie mm-hmm. while I was like trying to unite myself with this idea of the sacred heart Jesus on the cross um like wounds of love right Mm -hmm. and like again it just makes absolutely no sense that my life (laughs) would be the one 
I mean, it, 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 it makes no sense because it's a total lie. Like, it's, it's meant to pull me away from God. <laughs> but this idea that my life is going to be the one that's full of comfort mm. when it's getting what, like, God desires for it. Does mm. that make sense? Like, like, it's, that's what I'm expecting. And it's just this huge wall between me and the heart of Jesus that I am renouncing, um, but that I have to renounce, right? Yeah. Like, I can't just think that it will fall down because I've said, oh, it's there, or yeah. because God wants it to go away. I have to allow his grace to affect me. I have to allow mm-hmm. the reality of the cross and the reality of Jesus's witness of rejection and mm-hmm. humiliation and being utterly hated. I have to let that affect me mm-hmm. by just allowing somebody to do me a small injustice at, at you know, at the age of 12, a child does me an injustice and I go to God and I go, oh my God, why do you make me suffer so? <laughs> well, and, and the intimacy of that shared experience rather than being a, exactly. why did I have to do that? Why did you make me do that? Why did I have to do that to you? Um, kind of laying down the why, why for, mm-hmm. um, and saying, I don't know why, Lord, but I, I believe that you understand. Yes. Um, yes. And, and what's beautiful is that in that moment in prayer, I found myself, like, again, in grace, just in cooperation. I found myself thanking Jesus mm. for his gentle, like, drawing me in mm. to this wound of his. Wow. That's like, beautiful. Gently, just through sort of lack of comfort. Mm. Lack of excitement. That's like this tiny taste of barely suffering that he's using to take this like wounded little puppy that is me to come towards him into the puppy home. He's serious. (laughs) Isn't that a lovely proof that he doesn't make us earn it? That he'll even use the smallest thing um, to draw us in. What a gift. What a gift. (laughs) Now she sings. Oh, wow. Wow. Ah, It's a sacrifice of praise. God, we, God. I can't do that on this podcast. <laughs> um, wow, we really went for it, and I'm really thankful. Thank you um, for those of you that stuck around, and um, we will wrap up by wow. saying what is exploding our hearts this week. Well, it's definitely not The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nowen or Anything Rising by the CFRs. <laughs> I think you, you by think definitely not. You mean okay. it definitely is. That's involved. Let me, let me add that. okay, let me add one more th- I'm sorry, I'm just being so It's fine. Um let me add one more thing. Okay, conversation. This is all a part of that masterful thing that happened last week that like God used all these little interactions. One of them smack in the middle of the week, pretty much right before I read about the elder son. Um, this guy at my young adult group. We're talking about hope, okay? So there's that. Talking about hope, and I'm talking about how difficult hope is for me, but at the same time, like, we know me, I have some level of, like, zealous adoration of Jesus. And so he Praise goes, yeah, <laughs> um, he goes, like, so you must have been through a lot in your life already. And I went, not really. I don't think so. And he just went, like, oh, well, when you do, you know, and, and like, even what, like, came after that, I was just, like, that little interaction and then his like total of like oh well your suffering is gonna come Mm. and like the first part of that of like how I conduct myself like 
it, it, I mean, again, it just like ripped me open to per, to receive this like requirement of a discipline of gratitude because I have not mm. suffered. Like, I mean, I don't want to say I haven't like completely because I think like, well, whatever, like, but I, I, people have been through so much and like the fact that I don't think I need to give thanks to God for, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it, it exposed the ridiculousness. Mm of my lack of faith. Wow. Mysterious mercy, man. That's pretty explosive. That's me. I was, as no one is shocked because I've been talking about it for two weeks, (laughs) Mm -hmm. pretty exploded by, um, the line that I shared earlier. How am I a hog and me both? How am I saved and going to hell? Um, yeah. Mystery of his grace. But, um, on a much, lighter note i (laughs) did not explode my soul but did a ginger juice shot this morning that i forgot to refrigerate and it didn't make me sick so that was pretty cool that was um praise be to god yeah thank (laughs) Um, you jesus for the rate at which bacteria grows or didn't you know in that little ginger juice shot and it you know it woke me right up so (laughs) That is so lame, but that's the little, you know, we'll just come back to the surface for you all at the end here. It woke me right up. (laughs) And with that, this has been A Place Within. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Go ahead and give your favorite episode a share with a friend. We would appreciate it so much. And follow us on our socials at APW Podcast on Instagram. You can contact us via email at apwpodcast at gmail.com. And please pray for us. We'll pray for you. And please uh, review and rate if you feel moved. This is your to-do list for the next four minutes. No, I'm just joking. Have a great week, y'all. God bless. Bye. Peace out.